but that's part of like taking a chance and 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 stepping forward and and trusting yourself that you know you can handle this you know you have the confidence in yourself to do this it's just about learning and it's about tapping the right people and reaching out go ahead well this is like my this is my thought process this is like you yeah. know we we want to do these big things and we want to reach out to people but there are still all of these doubts like i don't know why i thought the things were going to go wrong but that was like my default way of thinking taking that chance and and putting yourself out there that shows more about who you are as a person than anything that you could do as a professional in your career and i think that's the values that people respond to the most is this going to be the end of podcast for creatives this is like this is how this is what happened to the beatles i think right this was it John was just like, Paul, don't go be getting jealous because, you know, I'm, I'm the better songwriter. I'm, you know, and then Paul was just like, what? And then that was the end of it. Wait, like, are you Paul in this situation? Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I did something new last week and I hosted a four day challenge that has a really terrible name. It was called the creative business owners connection challenge. I think rolls right off the top or something like that. I can't even remember it to Mm -hmm. be honest. And we just finished it, but it was awesome. I rounded up a bunch of creative people and we got into a private Facebook group and each day we attempted to reach out to creative people that we knew in varying degrees of comfortableness and in attempts to try to get like some traction and just get some things moving in our businesses and it was a really fun experience and I know I talked to you a little bit about it while it was going on last week but I just felt like it went so well that maybe we could the two of us could continue this conversation and I'd love to hear more about your experiences with doing stuff like this because I feel like the whole reason why I did it was like looking back on the growth in my business, it felt like I could trace all of those big moments back to connections that I made. And I don't know about you, but I think we're on the same page about this, that we don't like networking. Yeah, I don't. So I really wanted this to like not be a networking thing. And it's a, it's a hard line to, to tread, but. So what was your biggest hurdle in getting your your group to kind of go along with this i mean obviously they're taking the class so they have to go along with this but like what well, they was they don't the, have to any... it was it was a free experience it was not anything that oh, okay anyone so had what was to like do. was there a hurdle then that you felt like they were kind of like unsure about yeah the biggest hurdle in this group was most of us were introverts we had a couple extroverts but um, on the very first day, we I encouraged them to take that 16 personalities test, which is like the Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people said, like, I don't feel comfortable talking to other people. I don't feel comfortable reaching out to people. And that's why I feel alone. And I think that people see all the extroverts out there making progress and at the parties and at the events. 
And they feel like they can't even be part of that unless they act in that same way. Yeah. And that's such a, a fallacy because that is one of my frustrations about the, the entrepreneurial world is like every entrepreneur, not every, that's not fair, but so many feel compelled to like document the journey and tell the story. And it's just like, does anyone really care about this? Like, you know, I mean, like there's a level of like, don't give me that face. I can see you looking at me right now and you're like, you know, cause you do a little bit of this, but like, it don't, this is not to insult. And this is not to say that you do this cause there's far worse offenders of this. But I feel like that's kind of a misnomer because it's almost like if you're in your own small business and you're grinding every day and you're hustling and you all this other stuff, like you have to tell people that you're doing it and you have to show it and you have to this and you have to talk about the frustrations. And it's just like, do you really, or can you just run your business and be successful and, and, and that's enough. And I feel like that's kind of the, the, the two societies that we have. We have, we have the hustlers and then we have the hustlers without fanfare and the hustlers without fanfare always feel compelled by outside other hustlers to be part of that other hustler group where it's like, all you're doing is talking about yourself. And mm-hmm. I could see that being an apprehension. That would certainly, that's an apprehension of, of mine. I mean, there are times where I feel like I document things, but certainly not not to the end of, of, you know, like a Gary Vee or some of these other high-end entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I actually think it's kind of cool when you discover someone for the first time that's really successful and you see that they don't have a long history of, of documenting it. Um, in fact, my husband just brought this up about James Wedmore, who's the guy who's, who ran the conference that I was just at and the program that I just went through. And he was like, you know, he doesn't have a lot of Instagram followers. Like, this guy is a big deal. I'm like, really? That's what you're like measuring it by is like how many Instagram followers he has. I'm like, this guy is like wildly successful. And I'm like, he just doesn't do things in the same way as as other people do. And I mean, he does have a, an Instagram presence and he does document definitely not in the way that you were just saying where it's every day and like, here I am drinking coffee and here I am doing this. It's like a lot more... I don't even want to say strategic because I think that he's just so busy killing it that that he doesn't have time to be showing all the the nuances of a entrepreneurial day. So go back to what you were saying with your your group for a second. So you issued mm-hmm. them this challenge. There was some apprehension from some of the introverts of putting themselves out there. Mm-hmm. What were some of the results that you saw? A lot of people were just sharing how they don't feel comfortable even emailing people sometimes. So part of what I was trying to get them to push past was thinking that everyone else is better than they are. I think kind of like what you were saying about people showing all, all these cool things that they're doing on social media, like we fall into that comparison trap. So I was really trying to get them to tap into their strengths and not just their strengths, but getting more comfortable with themselves, getting comfortable with the fact that they they were introverts and they are shy and that's okay because there's so many of us out there. I think that's a reality. Like, you know, there are so many more people who I feel like I come across in our industry who identify as as introverts or as an introvert. And, you know, it's it's do you find it that much like we were talking about, you know, uh, you know, these these entrepreneurs who put themselves out there versus ones who don't like, do you find that the introverts, it's not a loud group that tells you that they're comfortable being introverts. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's, it's, it's almost like it's an, uh, it's an embarrassment 
it to is. say like I, I'm I'm an introvert. You know, like like you almost reluctantly tell people that. I don't I don't agree with with that. I think you need to kind of be proud that you know like you're comfortable in your own skin. You're comfortable with what you do. I mean, you might not necessarily be comfortable doing things an extrovert might do. But that's okay. You're comfortable in your skin. You know your values and you know who you are. That's got to stand for something. Yeah, I'm actually going to backpedal on what I said. The very first story that I told them in our pre-party before this challenge even started was how much I transformed in business and in life after I learned what an introvert was. Because before that, I was just a shy person. And to me or at least the way like I grew up and like going through school and was just, you know, shy people are afraid of things. Shy people, you know, don't have as many friends. Um, you know, shy people shouldn't make bold moves. And that doesn't exactly add up with who I am. So I felt like once I learned what introvert was, I'm like, this explains everything. <laughs> like basically what I consider to be all of my shortcomings were just that, I do things in different in different ways that when I'm around a lot of people for long periods of time, I need time to myself to recharge. And that's not a weird thing. That's just an introvert thing. It's maybe maybe are. it is still still a weird thing. But just knowing that, like, there are so many other people out there who are in that same boat. I don't know. Just that alone was very comforting to me to learn. I think so many people in creative fields are more likely to identify as an introvert. I have no science to back this up, but I just feel like that's the case because, you know, by definition, being creative and having a specialty area of, of, of your brain that you can really kind of focus in on, it, you're automatically painted as different, you know, growing up, whether you're, you're really into art or you're really into music or you're really into, you know, writing or, you know, there's, there's something just slightly different yes it, about it, you it always felt like I don't know I felt like I was always saying like I'm not cool like I never felt cool and I am I know I'm a cool person in my in my, in my own way <laughs> the number one sign of being a cool person <laughs> is saying it yourself <laughs> well now I think I'm cool but but growing up I just felt like I'm into all this stuff that like no one else is into and I'm really shy. Like all of those things to me were negatives as far as like society was concerned. I feel like I was a late adopter um, as as a as a someone who was who would identify as a creative person. I was not like that in, in school growing up. I did not have like, oh, this is a passion of mine or it just wasn't I. I was in the band. I was in chorus. I, you know, there was, there was that element, but I wouldn't say that that was creative at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I played sports growing up on, on high school teams and everything. So like I was certainly identified on that, on that front. I don't really feel like I, I tapped into this part of me until I started working professionally. It was something that I just sort of kind of said, I want to do this. And, you know, then by doing research and then by investing myself in learning and watching, did I feel like I kind of fully come into this this creative role? So I, I think that's kind of the cool part, too, is that like you can be something or be not something for so long and then change and find your role and still keep your core values. Like I think I was always an introvert, but I feel like I can I, I identify more with that now being in this field. Mm -hmm. um, I even kind of talked about this on the second day of the challenge. I challenged people to 
reach out to someone who they're already friends with. Like that doesn't sound, feel so scary, right? And I encourage that to be, for some people that can be really scary. Like if you don't have a lot of friends or you don't yeah. like talking to people. Like, yeah. Oh, you're like, you're very much agreeing with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I told the story of how, I mean, obviously we've known each other for like a really long time, but as far as like connecting on that creative level, that has happened more recently. And I kind of use you as an example and how just like that one Skype call wasn't like, hey, Michelle, you want to start a podcast? It, you know, it, it led to this, but just just having like a conversation with someone and seeing where it goes, because it could be that you guys end up working together and doing something together like this, like the podcast, or it could be that that person introduces you to someone else and then you have a connection with that person or... I think I gave this example as well, like just that, that person could give you a compliment and that could be give you the ammunition you need to carry something out. So, but anyway, in this example that I gave of you reaching out to me was that I don't think at that time that I even like considered you to be a creative person. I said all, all, that you had a writing background, but I don't know that I would have like necessarily on my list of creative friends put you at the top I'm learning a lot about me in this conversation. <laughs> and now? I know. And I mean, we host a podcast together called A Podcast oh. for Creative. So I feel like you have to be higher up on that list. Okay. Okay. And I've seen and not right only direction. that, but like now you write, you design, you design our graphics. So mm, mm. you have quite the resume. Your creative skills have like, you've blossomed, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> I think that's sort of something that we we kind of carve ourselves into roles that, you know, we might not necessarily be in, um, forever, you know, the interests that we kind of find, you know, either in school or just out of school, being able to have them translate into, into other things, you know, like a, a, a passion for, or an interest in social media blossomed into this whole digital field for me where, I mean, in, in 2010, when I started doing this, this, this role on my organization, like I probably would have never have seen it kind of grow to where it is today, but that's part of like taking a chance and, and, and stepping forward and, and trusting yourself that, you know, you can handle this, you know, you have the confidence in yourself to do this. It's just about learning and it's about tapping the right people and reaching out to the right people to kind of help you understand and learn from these issues that are out there. So do you feel comfortable just reaching out to, to random people? Cause that's something that, that I had my group work up to was in the end on day four, reaching out to a stranger. And I honestly don't feel like that was the pinnacle, like reaching out to a stranger is going to be the biggest thing that happens to you. I think that those really transformative moments could happen in reaching out to someone that you already knew. And that was kind of, I don't know how much I communicated this, but that was kind of my point to all of this is just to make connections and to be open to what comes next, that it doesn't necessarily have to be like finding this like exact right person before you reach out to them. Cause I think a lot of people were getting hung up on that. Like, Oh, Michelle, like, do you think that this would be like the right person? And I'm like, it's not even like about that. Like just, just make the contact. Like if you think of a person, 
make the contact, just say hi. You don't have to have an agenda and see what unfolds from it. So day four, I said, reach out to a stranger, obviously starting off, not just straight up cold calling by sending like a random email, but starting on social media with commenting and direct messaging. Do you feel like you have experience doing that? Yeah. And, and it doesn't, that part doesn't phase me at all. I'd much rather reach out to someone I don't know than someone I do know (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like you have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Um, the worst that can happen is the person doesn't get back to you, in which case you gave it your best shot. Um, and it almost feels better because then you're not thinking like, Oh, they didn't reach back out to me because they don't like me because at that point they don't even know you. Right. But how exciting is it when they do get back to you and you're just like, can't believe it. This is great. And then now the dialogue is open. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like that girl or boy when you're in you know middle school that you kind of <laughs> just like talk to cause you have a crush on them and then they start talking back and you're just like, I don't know what to do with this, but let's just keep <laughs> this ball going. It's kind of like that. I mean, there's, there's, there are people out there who I, I strongly admire and I've, you know, I've kind of just said, Hey, I'm going to just roll the dice. Either we follow each other or I'm going to send them an email or whatever. Um, and it kind of just works, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it doesn't always work, but it, 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 it works when they get back to you and then you kind of set up a little, you know, a little back and forth. Yeah. I mean, we got our two, two of our three guests on this podcast so far as a result of just reaching out. I mean, you had, you knew Kim from something else before. Did you see her speak? Yes. I met, I, I met Kim and saw Kim speak, um, once before at a conference. But then you, I mean, you followed up with her. It's not like you guys were besties after that. We were not, we were not besties. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not besties with anybody. <laughs> That's so. true. No, just clarifying that. And plus, um, I'd be no. jealous because I want to be besties with Kim. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys got a, you guys got along quite well on that. On that. Well, I felt like I could have stepped out and it was just, like, wouldn't have missed a beat. And then obviously Bree too. Yes. Um, but I had been a follower of her of her work for a while. So, but it was cool to reach out and and she was more than willing to jump in. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's sort of the message here is is that you know there are so many people in our industry who have so many things to offer in this creative field and they're dying to help you. I mean, I, I think there are people out there who are legitimately dying. Well, not legitimately, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're very want, they want to help other people. I, I do. And, and I mean, you know, st- ask me anything and I will be more than happy to talk with you and, and, and help out because mostly I think that's the reason why is people care about what they do. They care about the future of their industry and they care about where things are going. So they want to have that supportive crowd around them who share those similar interests. I mean, how many times have you ever uttered the phrase, I like this person because he or she just gets it. Yes. You know, I, I think that's it. We're all looking for people who get it. I love that on social media that you can reach out to a really big person. And I mean, you know when it's them and when it's not them. And I feel like I've gotten so many responses from people who I know it's them. And that's such a cool feeling. And that has really been encouraging to me because I think that as as entrepreneurs and creative people who are trying to grow our brands, that there's this tendency to want to show off that we're like, we're so big and we're so busy that we don't even have time to like, oh, like my assistant will respond to that or like, or something like that. But I mean, I'm not going to hide the fact I do have the time to reach out to people. And I think that even as you get busier and busier and you do build a team that 
without people, you have nothing. So that should always be a priority. And I was just listening to a podcast over the weekend. Um, Sean West is like my new, my new Instagram slash podcast slash everything crush. I'm like just so into all of his content right now. And I love that he said in his episode that I'm really happy that I'm not so big that I can't respond to my messages by myself. And he has like, he has a huge following. He's a big deal. So hearing that was inspiring to me because I I think that I have had that thought before, like, oh, like when I get too big, I won't be able to answer my messages. And now I'm thinking hearing that was like kind of a kick in the head to be like, you should always aspire to answer every single one of your messages, no matter how big you get. Did you ever get the heart when you send somebody a DM? (laughs) You know what that means, don't you? you? You sound like you have experience with this. I've gotten the heart a few times. I forget. The heart, like that we, I sent a I sent a DM once to uh, I'm not going to name names because it's no, not don't fair, say who I, it is. I sent a DM to a uh, an entrepreneur about something that they posted that I found uh, to be particularly um, touching or it's something that I I agreed with and I just kind of wrote back this like you know not lengthy, but you know, more than just a sentence. Yeah. Like thought about it and, and just kind of added a couple of things and thanked the person for it and whatever. And they just wrote back a heart emoji and I was just left like, what the hell is that? Like, you know, I I sent you something and I forget who, what the original source of this was, but that if you send someone a heart that kind of translates to Get the hell away from me. Yeah, yeah. like screw you pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The heart like is hearts not are the, not the meaningful. Heart. Right, yeah. The heart is not, don't send a heart back to anybody. I try very hard not to send any emoji, <laughs> just single emoji back to anybody because I do feel like answering them or giving, you know, thanking them or replying to a comment or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. I mean, even if I know the person, you know, and it's from 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 the podcast and I know the actual person who's leaving the comment, like, I don't just go, oh, okay, fine. Like I've been getting better with that. You know, early on I was just kind of like, eh, it's fine. But the more I've done it, I'm like, no, this is important. Like I, I, I appreciate the fact that even friends are following this, let alone people we don't know. Yes. So that, that matters. And when we say heart, we don't mean like the double tap, like the acknowledgement that it was seen, yeah. like the, the emoji heart, because yeah. I feel like that's even worse because that's like, I want credit for putting the effort in, but this is all I'm giving you. Right. Never, never again. Sometimes when, sometimes when Michelle and I are having a text conversation back and forth and she has this like inspiring idea, I just send back a heart. There are random hearts in our conversations that probably look yeah. bad, but they're not what they are. Well, they're just, they're just a they're giant. They're not. They're the please, opposite please of stop meaningful. stop talking right now. <laughs> I, I keep talking about this conference I was at. I was at this conference in January and don't, don't shut, don't judge you because turn around and look at the wall I can no, do that. you're judging because you just made all those comments about like how people show off that they're at conferences and I think you even said this like in the last episode I'm sorry I don't mean to <laughs> yeah is this going to be the end of podcast for creatives this is like this is how this is what happened to the Beatles I think right this was it John was just like, Paul, don't go be jealous because, you know, I'm, I'm the better songwriter. I'm, you know, and then Paul was just like, what? And then that was the end of it. Wait, like, are you Paul in this situation? I'm Paul in every situation. So you get to be the better looking person and I get to be the talent. <laughs> you, get to, you get to be the dead person. Yes. 
you need to see that. You need to watch. You need to listen to that Dana Carvey podcast with Conan because there's a bit that he's been working on Dana Carvey where (laughs) it's a conversation between Paul and um, John, but it's John from the dead who's who's like current day. The only way that he. The only, yeah, but the only way that he can get news about what's going on in the world is from Paul explaining it to him. Right, it's great. So it's is, so good. Is this the podcast you wanted me to listen to, or the show, or the Netflix? This is the podcast that I want to that that I can send you a, like a a link because there's a short thing on YouTube about it. But like, I'll just listen to the whole thing. Listen to the podcast because it's really it's really funny. Are but, we going to yeah, do an goes, even trade here though? Are you going to watch that documentary that I told you about this the, morning? The Beatles, the Beatles one. one? Yeah. Yeah. Send me your Hulu password and okay. log it, and I'll get into that. Okay. Now you want to tell there. me a story about me not judging you? Sure. All right. So I was at this this conference that I'm not bragging about being at. I should I should back this up. Before I got to the conference, at the end of last year, I decided that this year in 2019, I wanted to do more public speaking, like with the ultimate goal of like speaking or presenting at some kind of conference or events. So I went to this conference and on the second day, people were standing up and sharing their wins of things that have happened so far since they've been at the conference. And this one girl stands up and she says, I am launching a new TV show on Facebook Live that I'm going to be doing weekly, and it's going to be about communication, and I'm so excited, and in the next day, I'm going to, like, find my first guest, and actually, while she was saying that, like, someone commented that she knew and said, like, oh, I'll be your first guest, and so she connected with her, and my ears kind of perked up. I'm like, all right, like, maybe maybe I could be a guest. (laughs) I'm like, I can communicate. I have a mic. So you think you can be a guest? Yes. (laughs) It's a very Jerry Seinfeld line. I'm really glad you weren't there with me because I would have been like, maybe I could be a guest. And you would have been like, no, you can't. Put your hand down. (laughs) Calm down. So I kind of got this idea in my head. I'm like, all right, I need to like figure out how to talk to this girl. So, you know, being me went through the whole day and did did nothing about it. Um, But I got home that night to the hotel and I, my nice hotel. Did you order room service? Maybe. Okay. And you're you're staying on brand though. That's good. And I found her on Instagram. Didn't even think to like look on Twitter or Facebook because Instagram is like where, where I would naturally go to look. I found her. I friended her and I sent her a direct message. I skipped over the like commenting steps because I'm like, we're at the same event and we only have one day left. So I felt like I had to like accelerate this. So I sent her a DM and I just said like, that was really cool that you stood up there today. I don't even know that I said like, I want to be on your show. Maybe I alluded to it, but I just said like, oh, I would love to like meet you or I'll come, I'll come find you tomorrow is basically what I said, which like there is a part of me that's like you know you you it's put very ominous. you know you put that <laughs> out there and you tomorrow <laughs> you put that out there and then you're like oh no now I have to do this so we go through the whole day and we're like about to start our last break and then and then this thing is gonna end like once we come back and I'm like oh, I have to do this like this is my last chance and yeah. I was trying to give myself the excuse because like this girl is like extremely petite I'm like. 
I'm not going to be able to find her. I'll just tell her that like she was too short to locate. This is getting incredibly difficult to listen to. <laughs> I can't wait for this story to make a right-hand turn. <laughs> but anyway, I found I her. coming up with excuses before I even met her. And yeah, go ahead. Well, this is like my, this is my thought process. This is like, you yeah. know, we, we want to do these big things and we want to reach out to people, but there are still all of these doubts. Like, I don't know why I thought the things were going to go wrong, but that was like my default way of thinking. So I ended up finding this girl. I said, hi, she was like the nicest person ever. So friendly, you know, like sometimes when you just meet people like, and this is like all on her, not on me. Cause I'm awkward. Like she made me feel like we have been friends forever. Gave me a hug. We took a selfie and she's like, I would love to have you on my communication TV show. And I'm like, that would be amazing. So what I shared in my challenge was, the big win, obviously, is that I'm going to be on this show. Since then, we've actually, like, we've picked a date. It's happening at the end of March. If you guys want to watch me, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll remember to oh, plug it again. I'll watch. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're not allowed to be there. Are there can, are questions being taken during the show? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Okay. But you're not allowed to ask. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have her blacklist you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the big win is that I'm going to be on this show, but, um, the bigger win is that I connected with this new friend who is amazing. Like we've talked every day on Instagram since then. And the reason I shared the bit about Instagram is because like Instagram, I learned later is also her favorite platform and she's on there every day and DMing and stuff. So I, I guess I just wanted to share that. It obviously took a lot for me to make this connection happen, but it like paid off in a big way for me. And I think it's also something where you can also, you can have these, these types of moments where it's not, um, you know, necessarily related to industry too. And I think that's sort of, you know, that's another thing because you don't necessarily know where certain conversations are going to going to go. And I might be putting the cart before the horse here telling this this story, but, you know, I feel like it's it, it relates to what we were talking about. After my mom died, I, I sort of made a promise to myself that, you know, I would do what I could for people whose parents are going through fighting cancer or specifically in the multiple myeloma field or multiple myeloma, um, you know, type of cancer, because I know what that is like, and I know the frustrations and I know, um, you know, the emotions that it kind of can bring out. So uh, I haven't had many opportunities, you know, I donate every year to the, to the research foundation and, and I would like to do more activities around that. But a couple of years ago, I followed this person on, on Twitter. As a matter of fact, um, we had happened to follow each other based on this, um, Twitter chat. And, um, you know, there wasn't much interaction. I would like, I would like this person's content from time to time. They would like something that I said from time to time. And and that was really the extent of it. About a year ago, I had seen this person retweet a tweet of somebody with the same last name. And I was able to deduce that it was this person's father. And this person's father was fighting multiple myeloma. And it was just one of those things that you sort of see from afar and you kind of go, okay, but I really didn't know at that point in time with my mom still being alive. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel comfortable reaching out and and doing anything at any rate. Um, 
this person's father had sent out a tweet late last week about an update with his with his fight because he tends to sort of update his his condition and how things are going during treatment. And this particular update wasn't the most, you know, uh, uplifting and promising. And later on that evening, she had uh, quote tweeted um, her her father and said, you know, keep fighting, dad, you know, you, you know, whatever it is. And I don't know. I looked at this and, and I, I was just like, I need to, I need to reach out to her. And, um, you know, and, and I sent her a, a DM that night and I was just like, look, you know, um, I, I've, I've always been a big fan of yours on Twitter, but I'm really just messaging you because, you know, I, 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 I know what you're feeling and what you're going through. And this is what my experience with this has been. And if you ever need support, you know, as much as you can offer over Twitter, like you got it. And we've been kind of DMing back and forth over the last couple of days about a few things. And, you know, it's somebody within our industry in the digital field. Um, but we're not talking about anything digital communications related and that's okay too. And I think that sort of shows you as a, as a, as a well-rounded human being that you're not just kind of like, coming in saying like, I want to work on this. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, it's kind of like what you were saying. Like you didn't come in there with the attention of like, I want to be on your show. It was more or less like, I want to get to know this person a little bit. I have shared, shared interests. And in this case, we have a very unique shared mm-hmm. interest, but I think just that taking that chance and, and putting yourself out there, that shows more about who you are as a person than anything that you could do as a professional in your career. And I think that's the values that people respond to the most. No, I'm so glad you just shared this story because like that is the point to all of this. It's not about, you know, the networking. It's not about who can do what for you. It's about we have this like amazing opportunity with social media to to connect with people over various things, whether it's it's work related um, or personal, but we're we're almost always in a position where we can support someone in something going on in their life. So if you see an opportunity like this, like that that you just had, it's almost like a sin to not follow through on that, to not reach yeah. out to that person. Like you you felt it like nagging at you that you felt like you had to say something. Um and I think yeah. all of us should do, should do a lot more of that. Yeah, it's a um it's it's almost like it's almost like your responsibility. Mm, today. Yes, you said it better than me. I said it's a sin. It's, yeah, but it's I, a responsibility. I, it, I feel like it's a responsibility now to you know it's not weird. You know, uh, you remember when you used to get freaked out by people poking you on Facebook and throwing you sheep specifically? But right, yeah. I've never poked you. <laughs> for there the are, record, that, that feature still exists. For, Does for, it? Yes, it does. Um, but it, it used to be so weird when random people, because you, you didn't know, like you had your own space. And then this network came around that was kind of exposing you. Granted, you were willingly participating in it, but it was exposing you the more you used it. And it took us a while, I think, as a culture to navigate the bumps of being exposed and being out there. And then more people got comfortable with it and and some to greater levels of comfort than others. Mm-hmm. But the bar is is where it is now because we have committed that this is the norm. So yeah. sending someone a DM or reaching out to them and and you know connecting with them there, it's it's not weird. It, it it's it's more normal than you think it is. Yeah, but the fact that you have to say that means we're not 
we're not fully there yet. So there is some resistance. And I don't even think that it's like age-wise. With some older people, it becomes more about a, a stream of consciousness with, with no filter. But in with their own kinds, with, with talking to other older people, like that's normal there, I think. So, you know, who am I to judge? We as a culture, you're saying like, this is okay now. This is normal. You can reach out to strangers whenever you want. We're there, but we're not, not everyone is on board for that yet. I think that we will get there though. I think we're very close actually. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the more, the more people do it and take those chances, the more I think they'll see that, you know, it's not as foreign as, as you know, it might appear to them. And boy, I'll tell you what, the first time someone writes back to you or the first time somebody answers you, you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay. I can do this. There are others out there. And Mm -hmm. uh, remember that feeling because it's, it's a good feeling when you, you know, when you start that, that digital relationship with someone that you don't know what it's going to turn into, what possibilities it's going to lead. Yeah. So So I'm going to issue this challenge to this audience. I know we probably have some overlap people who may have gone through this challenge with me. And if you're listening, thank you. It was a really fun week. Just reach out to a person. I'll leave that up to you or we'll leave that up to you. It can be a friend. It can be a stranger. But just make that contact. And this I keep saying like without an agenda, without an agenda, because I think as soon as you put that on there, then you put so much pressure on yourself to have to like, you know, talk about your accolades or build up this confidence. Like it's just a person reaching out to a person. We're all people. There are no levels or it's putting people on a, on the defensive too on the other side of that where you know they might feel like okay this person's asking me for yes that too this and that might not be something that they're comfortable with but rather just starting the relationship with someone finding a commonality or something that you guys share in terms of a common interest that's all that matters it's no different than any other friendship or any other relationship i mean we all interact with brands on a regular basis because a lot of the brands that we follow have you know, shared interests. We, you know, there's obviously something that we find identifiable with them. Um, people aren't any different. And that's, you know, we, we tell, you know, brands try to emulate relationships with people. It's still the same game. It's just through a digital platform. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod for creatives and let us know what stood out to you. I don't know what we were going to cut out of there, but you could leave the Beatles line. I think that we should leave most of it. Well, don't do my impression. (laughs) It's not a very good. (laughs) God forbid we ruin your your acting street cred. (laughs) 